What's up, everybody? This is Sean from Soccer Chat. For this coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat. Every single Nick week for free Rizzo by the good folks Sean at Social Media for the High Check them out online at HS Social Media or on their website, socialstudentathletes.com. And give them a big shout out because then we get to put this for out for you for free every single week, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, you're getting it uh, all because of the folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. You can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter just by going to the hashtag soccer chat. Don't know what that is? Go to search, put in the pound sign, type in soccer chat right beside it, hit enter, click latest, and you are in the conversation. And man, this was a crazy, crazy Wednesday night. People were excited because people are excited about this specific show because of our big, big announcement. So you just got to wait just a little bit. We'll give that to you here in a little while. But Nick, how crazy was soccer chat last night? Dude, it was it was pretty hyped last night. Like good questions and a lot of opinion opinions, which was good. Yeah, and I the what well, I want to get into the the one question that you asked because it's something that's kind of bothered me for a while now, and I've just never really like put it out there for anybody that it bothered me. But this whole like kickoff situation now that people are kind of getting into, so I was never truly like under the impression because I had you know like I had done things with my teams for a certain way. But this new when I moved to Michigan, the thing was one person was in the circle. And that one person either kicked it all the way back or they kicked it all the way forward. And I was like, why is one person there? Why are we not just touching the ball past the half line and then trying to create something from there? And it allowed myself to think a little bit more. And I wanted to figure out, well, if this is the way everybody's playing. What can I do to, to give us a better opportunity? So you had mentioned about kickoff, about just kicking it deep. What is it that you prefer your team to do? Because I think it's something that you don't do all the time. I think it's something that you do when you think you're you think you've got something with the other team's defense that your attacking uh, unit can can exploit. Yeah, I, well, it's funny. I like the reason I asked that was because and it was just something. That it's it's like anything. It happens so frequently in a in a short period of time for me. So we, me and uh, Don were up at or down in North Carolina recruiting in at the college cup this past weekend and I was at the final and I noticed that right off the kickoff both Florida state and North Carolina dropped it back had a few people to their side hit it hard to a corner and tried to trap it in. And then I was watching Liverpool play Burnley today and second half kickoff, exact same thing. And so I was like, I, it was just something that like I've seen it a lot. And I guess I never really like thought about it that much. Um, just because you know me, I don't probably think about set pieces enough, but I don't know. As a player, it was interesting. Yeah, you got to change that. Yeah, I know. And you talk about that all the time. Um, <laughs> but as a player, I, as, as a center mid, I the way we used to do kickoffs was my best friend was the kid on our team from Columbia, and they would drop it back. And so me and him would always play. It was kind of a weird way to do it. We'd always play three quick one-touch passes because we both wanted to connect our first pass. And they'd be like three yard passes, but we just both as center mids, we wanted to connect our first pass. So like we'd get it back from the forwards. We'd play like this ridiculous one, two, three, and then like get going. And I was like that, but then I don't know, like I can see the merit behind getting the ball forward quicker because I think where some people are so intensely against it is because 
you're throwing it into a spot where there's a chance where you lose it. And you, I can understand that. I think where I'm, I guess, more neutral towards it is you're also never going to be in a spot in the game typically where you have your own 10 players behind the ball and they have their own 10 players, 11 players, if you include the goalie behind the ball. So it's like, it's a like soccer being a really complicated form of chess. Like there's never the same set of people in the same spots on the field. I always found it interesting that like, like people were so vehemently against it tonight or not people, but yeah. like, oh, vehemently against it. And for me, it's one of those things where like, I, I don't think there's a right answer or a wrong answer to that. I think it kind of, like you said, it kind of depends on who you're playing and what the situation is, but I don't know. Like I, I can see the merit in trying to keep it. I don't necessarily like giving it all the way back to my center back because yeah, I don't like doing that. Cause that's opposite of what you would try to do if you were putting it into the opposing corner. Yes. And so like, I think there is, I mean, and again, I think it depends on your team and if you're a team that's phenomenal in, in possession and you can get it back to your center back and you can build it out and bypass 11 players and put the ball in the net, like freaking go for it. Like go, like do that. But if you're a team that maybe is a little bit better playing in the opponent's ass, maybe, maybe you try to get the ball in the opponent half and, and, and work your way from there. So I think there's like with most things in soccer, there's not one right answer. And, but it was funny to, to watch on the Twitter chat today because there's a lot of people that are very adamant about one way or the other, which was cool. And that's why like, I liked it because the very often on our Wednesday soccer chat, there's typically a common answer and everyone agrees to it. And I like those times where there isn't a common answer and there's some conversation. And I think that in terms of our Twitter chats, this was probably one of the most, both with that one and the building out of the back, it were some of the most discussed upon like questions that we've had so far, which is pretty cool because it means that people are thinking and they're putting their thoughts out there, which is difficult to do. But I think that we've developed this environment where people are comfortable doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, for me is the whole playing out of the back. Just, I don't think when I play, when my teams play out of the back, I don't want to play out of the back starting from kickoff. I view playing out of the back is if there's nothing for us, what, whether it's the midfield or up front, when the ball does get back to the defenders and then we open it back up from there, that's, that's, that's my version of playing out of the back. Playing out of the back is coming from a goal kick. Playing out of the back is we're attacking. We have nothing going forward, so we'll play it. We find it to the back, and then we play it back through the mid the field to go to go back forward. I don't want to play from the back, like I said, from the opening kickoff because my objective is I want to put pressure on the other team and to force them to make that first mistake that they're always going to have in their mind. I don't want to put that own pressure on my own. I don't want to reverse that pressure on my own team and force them to make the first mistake. Yeah, and again, I think you have to base it off what you're – goal is with your team in terms of how you want to attack and how you want to play. And- I, I don't, I, I hate to catch you. I just thought about this. So, and, and I know that you're a massive, you'll be a massive fan of this. So uh, this team, I just had in the fall, they would constantly do that. When I talked about, Hey, let's 
play the ball forward. I'm not saying play all the way deep, but let's find somebody so that way we can go forward the ball. We don't need to play it directly back to our center back every time. And like the fifth or sixth time where they did it, I got my own Taylor Twelman on and I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? And that happened numerous times throughout the game. And so if Taylor Twelman was around, he would have been proud of me. I thought I figured you'd get a kick out of that. No, I mean, I, it's probably still one of my favorite memes of all time. Like, I, I, I think, I mean, he has he given me a lot of ammunition for that. And actually, I used to love him as a player, too. Back when I was in junior high, he was kind of hitting his stride. And he he was he was one of my favorite players to watch back in the day. But no, that's do you know I, what that gift. Do you know what that meme and gif is associated with now? Yeah. If you go and look at the announcement of the new U.S. men's coach, look at all <laughs> the gifts and memes. It's all that. It, all of them are that, and it's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation with that, too. Man, and, and the, there's so much going on in soccer this week, we can't even get into all of it. So we'll, how about this? We'll table the chat about the new men's coach next week. How about that? I, I think that's probably good. I feel like we would open up a very big can that would take too long to dissect in the next five minutes that we need to dissect it in or especially you know since you say that i think it's time we haven't done a special show in a while let's do one on that we'll get some peeps on and we'll discuss this as fans as coaches uh and we'll put that out for you in the uh in the next couple of weeks before uh the uh the coach gets into his first game but we have an awesome show for you today big announcements coming up i promise i promise so just keep listening but make sure you check out this interview Listen to every word. We have such an amazing guest on who's a part of an amazing event that's going on this Saturday, December 8th, the Women's Wisconsin Women in Soccer Advisory Council Symposium. It's going on this weekend, December 8th, at the Downtown Kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you can be there, if you're in the area, get there. You don't want to miss this. Nick and I are going to be there, and we're going to let uh, our guest today tell you a little bit more about it. You know, I was doing some research on the show. I know, which is a shock because me research and yeah, actually doing that's, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. I have come to figure out that I'm kind of upset that this is show 73. I feel like this should have been show 14 because for the first time in the history of any podcast of all time, we have three people on this show. We've got myself, we've got Nick and our guests with us and all of us in our soccer career wore the number 14. This is the 14th episode, the greatest number of all time, and we're doing it right here, right now. We've got with us Shannon Smith. Shannon, how are you doing? 
Really great. Really great. How are you guys doing? Well, we are fantastic. And and what was your reason? I always have to ask people when I when I see someone who wears number 14, what was your reason for wearing that number? Okay, I hope you're not too disappointed here. because uh, okay. I, I want to live in this 14 world. You're doing it, you're doing it to <laughs> me right now. Yeah. Oh but I, I'll tell you what, listen, when I was a kid and I'm I'm small, I'm five two, um, play big, but I was small, and so I always was the number two because that was the smallest jersey size. Right. Okay. It went up by number. So I had number two forever. And when you go international uh, with Ireland, um, I often had 14. I don't know if it's just because of the sizes or what, but I swear to God, I I didn't ask for it, but I had some awesome games in that jersey. So um, I do have it framed, but I was nine, 10, eight, six. Uh, Sometimes it was specific for our position. Sometimes, you know, Maybe you'll ask me about that later, but it was what the what the kit was that we were given. Um, so, so it, so it was destiny because you wore that number at the international level. Forget the other numbers; that was destiny. It was chosen. Oh, no, I'm serious. I wore six. I wore six. I hate. I'm. I'm. I hope I'm not breaking your heart. I was six, eight, nine, ten. My first jersey I ever wore for Ireland was a ten, uh, which was special in itself. I mean, that was cool. I have to say, but you know, like that's the coveted number 10, you know, that's, yeah. you know, and then they, and then they realized I wasn't a 10, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was more of an eight, uh, a worker box to box. But, um, I often wore 14. I have probably more number 14 jerseys than, than not. So, yeah. Nick, what was your reason for wearing 14? Uh, I got to college and like they, we got to pick our numbers <clears throat> and, I was a freshman and I didn't want to piss anyone off. And I got, cause I got to pick like kind of early and I knew I was picking before a few juniors and seniors. And the coach goes, do you want to like, what number do you want? And I go, whatever number is not going to piss someone off. And he's like, well, then you're 14. And I wore it for the rest of the time. Wow. 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 I wore it because that's what my grandfather and my uncle wore. And I was just always taught like, that's what number you wear when you're in sports. Like all my sports teams, I wore 14. And then I got really weird um, as I got older because they always talk about like seven is the perfect number, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And so I just figured, well, if seven's the perfect number, what's that make 14? Double perfect. Uh, so I was just, I always stuck with it. And it was a number two that like no one cared about that number. And <laughs> I was the only person who actually cared about the number 14. So oh, it was like a gimme that I was going to get it on every team that I played on. And then, um, like the cool thing is now I've passed it on to my daughter and my daughter wears number 14 now. So it's like, we're keeping the, we're keeping the tradition going. So if you don't have a reason why you wear 14, I don't care anymore. Like, no, no, I'm going to see this weekend and I'm going to see if I've got one here and, and I'll pass one on for your daughter. That's cool. Oh my gosh. You are, a, you are incredible. I'm going to cry. Ah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do, do it. it. Um, so We'll get into this weekend here in a little bit, but let's obviously you mentioned the international thing, kind of a baller. Uh, we always, uh, Nick and I always talk about our soccer chat starting 11 and I have a feeling Nick that we're going to have to insert a new starter after this conversation. So Shannon, why don't you give us a nice brief background on yourself on how you got to where you're at now. And then, uh, I think Nick will make the decision whether you make the new soccer chat starting 11 or not. Ooh, okay. 
so I better not leave anything out, right? So uh, from from Milwaukee, I uh, grew up playing here. Um, and you know what? Actually, the area I'm from, we have, we've had several national team players come out of. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's a little bit unique for me to, to feel the love here in Milwaukee and being back here. Um, but I, I played high school soccer here. I went away to uh, the University of Louisville for college. Uh, played in the Big East at the time. Now it's in the ACC. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, I came back um, after I graduated and was a volunteer assistant coach for UWM when Mike Moynihan and Dave Nikolich were still there. Uh, they're now at Northwestern having a, having a really good uh, setup over there. Um, and they gave me all the tools that I needed to, to continue you know, on on the side, understanding and honing my coaching craft, but understanding full well that I wasn't done playing. And they kind of gave me that environment I needed to stay sharp, um, put my resume out there. And in that winter, after that fall season, I got picked up by a club in Norway. Uh, so I landed in the top Sarian and I, I spent five years over there. Um, halfway through the year, I got, I, uh, got the call up with Ireland. Um, I had gone to a few camps. I'd gone to the university games with Ireland while I was in college, but it's, it's really hard to keep tabs on, um, American born Irish players. You know, they, the NCAA is a beast in itself. And so it's, it's sometimes hard for Europe to understand what's going on here. And so, um, when I moved abroad, it was really a commitment. You know, I wanted to see what level I could get to, um, you know, push myself, see how many years uh, I could get out after college. And I was really, you know, I was really blessed. I, I have five more years. I left in my own terms, uh, played in World Cup qualifiers, European qualifiers. Uh, it was really exciting. Uh, I loved my teammates, but an extra five years, um, loved every year. So how did, how did, how do we go into coaching from there? You know, I always, always coached in addition to playing. Um, you know, it takes a lot of energy to coach, I feel, if you're really giving it everything you have, but it really energized me. Um, I, I always did the camps and uh, coached a team my senior year in, in college in the spring. Um, I was always doing my licensing. I had some awesome mentors who said, you know, learn as you go. Don't skip steps. Um, so I never waved past any coaching license level uh, two years ago. Now I got my A license when I moved back here. But even when I was playing in Norway, um, I ran a girls camp. I would use part of those proceeds to come home in the winter while I was home for the holidays. And I would, I did my C and then my B moved home, found a, found my club that I'm at now, still, still coaching for the same club since I moved home. And, um, they fully supported me to go get my license. And it was really cool. Um, the journey and, you know, it's something that, um, I realized after I, after I earned that license that I was only the second woman from Wisconsin to do that. Uh, which kind of opened my eyes at the importance of my role. And, um, you know, hopefully some more girls will do that. So Nick, I just, this idea literally just popped in my mind. We talked about like the soccer chat 11 and we've done, I would say like 60 shows uh, or act well, like 40 shows since we really started talking about it. And I think we're at the point now with 73 episodes that we could, you could take a group. I could take a group. We could have a soccer chat draft uh, <laughs> and, and pick out our own 11s. And I'm just going to go ahead and call that um, Shannon's going to be on team Sean. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we may, we may have to have a, a coin football, although I'm, I'm sure there are some who are like, wait, why am I not the number one pick? Um, yeah. But uh, well, Shannon's a baller. 
what was that? You know, it, the, the whole thing of soccer chat, and I get it. So for everybody who's listening, like this is the first time any of us have met. I mean, like Shane and I just texted the other day. Uh, I we I got her number uh, through our mutual friend Don Crow. Shout out to Don. Um, and because we we really wanted to kind of talk about this weekend and 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 Don talking to me about you, she mentioned Irish national team player, fantastic coach, yada yada yada. And then, you know, we text back and forth. And obviously you can't tell what people sound like through text messaging. Duh. But like, what a shock and surprise, like not really knowing who you are, just coming on to talk. Because while Nick does research, I like the surprise. I like the element of surprise and just meeting people for the first time and like getting that true, natural uh, meeting for the first time. And when you pop on and there's no accent and I'm going, what in the world is going on? So explain for those who may not know, like how is that process of being an American player, but playing for Ireland? Yeah. So my dad is from Dublin. He's from Dunleary. Uh, He came to the States when he was like 21, 22 years old. Um, He was at Cornell working to finish school uh, on the East coast and then got a job in Wisconsin. They had some, uh, you know, random mutual family friends. Um, and through that, he met my mom and kind of as the story goes, you know, never quite made it back to Ireland. So, um, and we were raised, you know, my brothers and I were raised um, to really understand our Irish roots, where we came from, our family. Uh, we didn't go there much as um, we went there. We did, you know, a family trip over there. I, I knew my cousins and my uncles and, and my aunt, but I, um, you know, not until later when I was living in Europe that I really, I was there multiple times in the year and I really got to understand my, uh, or get to know better my cousin and, and we're still quite close. Uh, I still go there every other year, um, to visit and we keep in touch, we text, we call on Christmas. Um, so it became very much more tight knit, but with that family connection, I am, uh, I have dual citizenship and so do my brother. So I've got those CIA agent to passports and, um, you know, I'm, I have EU citizenship, so I'm protected as an EU citizen when I'm abroad and all that good stuff. So, like, when I'm in Norway, I'm, I'm listed as an Irish national team player, not an American. You know, uh, they recognize me as an Irish player. So, um, I mean, what an honor, though. My, my dad always said to me uh, in college, and, and I did ODP. You know, when I was a kid, ODP was the only, you know, direct route to the national team. Uh, we have we have different options now. Our scouting system has grown immensely. So uh, the growth of the game, you know, just the amount of players. Um, so when I kind of realized that I had hit the end of the road, I, I wasn't going to be on the U.S. national team. Um, I craved competition. I wanted to play pro. I was eligible to play for Ireland. And, and so you do have to earn your keep, though. You know, I think they affectionately uh, called us. Uh, there was a few of us, uh, Plastic Patties. Um, I like that. Yeah. So we had, you had to earn your keep. That's for sure. But, um, you know, Emma Byrne did say to me, uh, she's, I mean, one of the most decorated Irish players. I'll never forget. She probably doesn't remember this, but we were walking in the airport after my first uh, cap and um, I was just excited to be there. I think they kind of got that. I think they, they saw I was excited to put on the training kit. Um, which is just true passion and I think appreciation for it. And I ended up getting, I ended up starting uh, and didn't give up that spot for 30 some games. Uh, I played 34 and um, yeah, she said, you you know, you played your way into the team and you know, she respected me for that. And I use that as motivation to keep showing up. So yeah, kind of in a nutshell. How is it to be that 
that outsider, you know, because especially like we, we hear of the the problems over the last few years with the men's national team of the outsiders coming in and and being a part of the the system. Obviously, what helps you is basically the language is the same. So it, it's it is you know, you're not in that disconnect where you have no clue what the other people are saying. Although there are some Irish, Irish words and dialects and accents that are very, very difficult uh, to understand. Um, So what, so what is that like that first time with the national team? Like, like you said, you know, walking, being just so happy to be putting the training kit on, take us through that. Like the kits on you're looking around the locker room, you know, you mentioned to other Americans, how many other were there? Like, were you guys like, the click of like the American kids, like, all right, we got to stick together. Or like, was there just something about like, obviously you said you were excited about it, but like, just what was that first day? Like, no, the, you know what the, I mean, true to form, um, the Irish, uh, culture and people are phenomenal and welcoming and fantastic storytellers and the jokes and the songs on the bus. And I mean, I, I can recount some games and moments, but, I mean, oftentimes I was the one sitting back in awe and just soaking it in. It in. Um, I will say the first ever, uh, I went over there and spent the summer there and I was uh, playing in a park with a local club in Dublin. And one of the coaches said, hey, I think you got to go to this youth national team trial. You got to be seen. You got to, you know, which is what I was, you know, kind of hoping for. But you just go to make connections. Um, and it for me, it just deepened my um you know, relationship with my father and understanding where he came from a little bit more with my family there and understanding the girls, but you can't go into a new environment like that and just expect to know or demand, you know, you have to earn it. And I felt that way in Norway and and ended up being, you know, a second home to me. Uh, I felt that way with Ireland, but when you're playing international, I mean, you're still competing for, you know, an extremely coveted spot. You want to be on the team. You want to be on the, you know, in the starting 11, you want to keep being asked back. So there was always competition. Um, but I was, ne- I don't feel, you know, actually the best part is when they start messing with you because that means they like you, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, the, the jokes and pranks start flowing your direction. It's a good thing. Um, I did not tell my teammates that I was retiring. Um, I played my last game. It was against Germany in Germany it was phenomenal. I played the full match. Um, I didn't want the wishy-washy whatever. And they all, you know, heard the announcement and I wrote them a little message and they all gave me crap through the internet for like a week, um, <laughs> starting rumors and all this stuff. So it made me feel like I had earned my keep, but you know, there was a, there was a few of us, there's a couple girls from Illinois, um, uh, New York, um, California, so, you know, we're a very small country. I think, you know, it happens with French, uh, French national team as well. You know, these, these countries in Europe, I'm, to think that America, you know, can't have these quote outsiders. I just think that's opposite. I think that's just completely, you know, 180 of what, what we should be doing and thinking and, in sport. I mean, I, I, I feel I've earned it. I didn't grow up there, but this is my family, you know, this is my roots. When did the, when did you start thinking you were going to be a coach? 15. Okay. That's really young. What, like, what was the, what was the reason behind it? I loved my coaches. I love teaching. I love the game. 
still played outside all the time, made stuff up on my own, uh, was invited in to be a role model for, for other kids and teams and, Hey, why don't you run the warm up? I mean, just quite naturally it happened quite organically. Um, but I, I mean, the game is a piece of me. I still, I just, I love it. I, I breathe it, live it, think about it. Um, I have a, I have a coach here who used the phrase live the game. And I feel like I do it every day, but you know, even in Norway, you, you look around too. I do have a special place in my heart for, for girls and women's soccer. Um, but in, in Norway, you start to, I played for a women's club in Norway. Um, we didn't have a men's attachment. We shared a facility with a lower division men's team, but we were kind of on our own. And when I moved there and, you know, Hey, I want to keep coaching because eventually this will be my career. And like I said, you know, earlier, it, it's energizing to me. And they did not have, when I, when I made the shift from uh, my first year with FK Dawn to Amazon, um, they didn't have a grassroots program. They had no girl soccer. They had a reserve team, the pro team. They relied on people like myself, you know, signing foreigners. And um, I made it a part of my contract to build an academy for them. So while playing abroad, it, it was continuing to sharpen the tool and be a part of the system and understand and build a program from scratch. Uh, and it ended up being quite successful. They've adjusted it since I've left. Um, but it was a really special time. I, I think it was harder for me to leave my academy than it was to stop playing at that point. Um, I knew it was kind of time to move on. When, uh, like, what was the transition like after retiring from the national team to getting your first coaching job? Like, what was that like? You know, I came, when I came home and I, I tried to prepare, I reached out to, to mentors and uh, friends who were in a hiring position uh, to link with. And, you know, I interviewed with, with clubs across the country. I was kind of trying to figure out a way to stay a little closer to home. Um, I've got four nieces and two nephews and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been away from home for 10 years from college to pro and international stuff. So I was kind of looking for a reason to stay home and impact the community that, you know, raised me in soccer. And so um, I, I got lucky. But what was interesting was I realized a little later, you know, when I left this community, I was 17, 18 years old. And I think to some people that's, you know, that's what they remember. And I had been off, you know, just accumulating all these experiences and building my soccer IQ. And again, here you are, you've got to earn it. You know, and so uh, Joe Hamas at North Shore United, he's a few years older than me. Uh, we grew up in the same type of community, but we didn't really know each other, but uh, we knew of each other. Certainly, we had an amazing interview and, and he gave me this job that I have now. And I'm, I'm so um, lucky to have it and I enjoy it. And I think it's special to come back to your own community. But if you would have told me six years ago, I'd be back, you know, 10 minutes from where I grew up, I would have told you. I would have laughed, you know, um, but yeah. I, one thing that, that always, I, I like talking to people about, especially that, that we're in the same situation as you, obviously being over in Europe, playing professional, playing the national team level, people are recognizing you like when they see you with the team and things like that. And then when you have the opportunity to come back home while you're in that environment of playing over there, it's your, your old Shannon from, you know, yeah. whatever high school and like, you're just a normal person. How was yeah. that transition? Cause that's gotta be similar to going from playing at the international level in world cup qualifiers to coaching American club soccer kids. Like what's that transition going from 
just playing in for the national team, coming home to visit, and you're just simple old Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And it is a little different. I'm, I mean, there's always a spectrum of this, but you go from taking selfies and autographs and whatnot. Um, my Which first, I'm doing this weekend, by the way. Right. right. My, um, you know, my first year when I came back, my club is partnered with Swansea City. And every other year we take a uh, boys and girls team over to Wales. Um, they get an experience of a lifetime and other clubs do that too. And there was a, there was a club from Cork visiting a girls team. And I heard their accents from across the training grounds and whatnot. I thought, oh, I should really get over there. They left before I could. And then we, you know, we meet up in the spirit where shop, you know, we're all buying, you know, Swansea stuff. And some of the girls recognize me. And I'm like, look at me. I get, I get one more shot at, you know, 15 minutes of fame. And it was hilarious watching my own team and parents and staff kind of laugh at me because I, I was, you know, it's a weird, like, you know, you're a little embarrassed, but you're proud. And at the same time, you have an, you have a moment where you can impact and interact with young girls and it's important to step up, you know, it's not really about me. It's, it's about them and they're excited about soccer. So, was it at that moment where your players were like, Oh my yeah, God, it's yeah. true. Yeah. It was funny. I looked at, I was like, I promised I had a life before you knew me, you know? So, but they, but they do, you know, it's just, it, what's different is, uh, you know, our games aren't televised. You know, it's something I wish my family could have seen more of my my work that I, you know, the sacrifice they helped and uh, even just media, you know, in general, coverage and, and respect of the women's game is totally different. It's already evolved since I've walked away. Um, but at the same time, you know, people didn't always get to see what I was doing or the level we were at. And, you know, we watched these teams play in the World Cup and it's like, yeah, I played against Germany, played against France. They're really good. Uh, played against the U.S. So there's these experiences. I still, you know, we don't qualify for the major tournament yet. Um, hopefully the women's side in my lifetime will. I, I would love to see it and would support them. But um, it's it's kind of interesting. You kind of have gone back to civilian life. So Best player that. you played against? Or not even so much played against, but somebody who was on the other side of the field that you were just like, what a worldly player. Luis Nassib uh, and Camille Abelie on France. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure when we went to that qualifier game and we played in a stadium in North France and there was like 22,000 people, it was the biggest crowd I've ever played in my life. You can't even hear, you know, your teammate five feet from you in a huddle. And um, it was electric. It was so cool to be a part of women's soccer at that level. I hadn't really experienced in my international career. And, well, in Germany as well, it was the same a little bit in the U.S., um, but we were in this tight-knit stadium, and it was amazing. And I remember looking on the field. I mean, I was basically doing a squat hold for, you know, 80 minutes out of 90 defending. Uh, but <laughs> those girls, I mean, they changed their mind on a dime. They were so fluid. Uh, I looked at Camille at one point, and I just – I thought I had her pinned. She made this amazing pass, bent to the far side of the box, and I, I said I didn't – great pass you know and she kind of worked but you you can have those little like conversations on the field and um that stuff's fun but she she's just phenomenal just what a brain for the game unbelievable at any point when you were playing for ireland did you call any friends of yours who may have been playing for the national team in the u.s being like oh you could have had this look at what i'm doing i'm playing in front of twenty two thousand people what are you doing with your life that those are just like special moments that like maybe we bring up tonight, but I won't talk about again for another two years. I mean, 
I've, I've been, I'm going to bring it up every time I ever see you. Know, you. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's like a blip on the screen in a big picture. So it is a fleeting moment. You know, we, we talk about this all the time and uh, in success and this and that, it is such a part of my past and it, it has affected the way I coach all those experiences, how I interact with my players. Again, this is, this is where a bunch of my teammates knew that I was in my last year in Norway, uh, we, man, like the black plague went through our team. I ended up, I'm a center mid true, true and true. And I ended up playing center back, left back. We played five in the back so I could, you know, overload where, wherever the opponent was weak. And when I looked at my coach, so against playing in the back line, I was very nervous about it. Um, and afterwards, after a few games, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be able to coach this better because I played. <laughs> and she, she's like, Oh my God, you're retiring. Okay. Got it. You know, so you, you know, your brain starts to change that way, but all those experiences, I mean, there is something to it. Not, not all good players are good coaches or vice versa, but um, I do feel uh, uh, that I can share in the process with my players on a different level. What's something that you picked up from a coach over there that you knew, okay, when I get into this coaching thing, I'm going to use this, or I'm going to have this philosophy, or I'm going to use this specific um, drill or exercise or, or tactic. What's something that like you're still doing with your players that you picked up while you were over there? Uh, geez. I, I don't know if there's anything specific, but I was very uh, lucky to have a, a good friend. We, we were actually teammates my first year and she retired she coached at Stabæk, which is quite a, a fantastic storied women's club in Norway. Her name is Vanya Stepanovic, and she's Serbian. She she played for that their national team. And when she came and was my coach, my final season uh, as a pro, and I thought I knew I knew everything. And just the the passion she had, the way she thought about the game, down to the detail of you know front foot, back foot three steps this way, whatever she, she really tipped my world upside down. And I do think I have a piece of her in me as a coach um, because it, she just, first of all, she kicked my butt. She reminded me that I don't know everything. Um, and, and she opened my mind to different positions, how to teach the way she taught, the way she held us accountable and, and was so professional with us. But when she went and taught a youth team, it didn't really change. You know, maybe a little bit in her candor, you know, she she didn't want to intimidate the kids, but she still had this way about her where, you know, she's looking you in the eye and you're in it. You're in that moment. So I really think it's more about the interaction with players and much less, you know, what we what exercise we're doing. You know, um, that was important to me. And I I hope that I reflect that. Certainly. Let's let's get into your coaching a little bit. What was your first team when you got to North Shore? What age? What level? Like, what was the first like getting kicked off into coaching look like? Uh, I came in and I, I still hold the role. I'm a technical director, so I'm in charge of U11 to U14 boys and girls, uh, A teams, B teams, um, that whole player pool. And I my first year I had a U12 and U13 girls team. Um, you know, there's, it's such an important part, um, in their career. It's kind of my bread and butter, as I would call it. I love this age group because I have their first experience turning into U13 and U14 now that I coach as 11 v 11, you know? Um, so you get that first impression of, okay, this is the, this is the big field. This is, 
you know, big girl soccer and here we go. Uh, and it's the same with the boys. Um, I, from time to time, step in and coach them and lead trainings and, you know, constantly tinkering with our curriculum for those age groups. But I love that age group. You know, you're the first role model outside of the home uh, and outside of celebrity, you know, world for icons. You're, you're their world. So there's a lot of responsibility in it. So really passionate about that age group in particular. No, for sure. And then like, what do you, like, what do you like in particular about coaching that 11 to 14 age group? Cause actually I talked talk to me and Sean talked about this after we ran a camp together this summer. Hmm. And I said, I love that age group. I love junior high kids. Why do you like them? I just think there's so, you know, there's so much change going on in our lives and you get a chance, you know, it's people first and you know, the good ones, you know, to be able to hold kids accountable, get them disciplined, get everybody moving in the right way, uh, in particular for girls to have an opportunity to, to cut out the caddy stuff that happens and uh, talk to them, you know, be a role model for them and let them know, you know, there's an outlet here beyond soccer. It, it all turns around to the, you know, then you bond this relationship with them. They trust you. Um, you get to do something cool on the field. I think you get more out of the players when that trust level happens and that rapport. Um, but you get to be a little goofy too. I mean, I, I love to win. Listen, I want to tie my shoes faster than you, but at the end of the day, um, what's kind of cool about this age group is we're just starting to introduce them, you know, at least in our facade, uh, philosophy as a club. And for me personally, they're just starting to understand like, God, I really want to win. This means something. It starts to weigh a little more. But I don't have to sacrifice, you know, the way I want to teach. We don't skip steps, you know. So I really get to hold myself accountable that way. The, the more, you know, we have an excellent, um, you know, I, I would argue that we're the best uh, set up in Wisconsin, which is part of the reason why I'm here. Um, and so it's really exciting. I love that age group. And the boys, too. You know, whenever I get to coach the boys, um, they are fun. They love it when I play in with them. You know, they get the chance to, you know, and uh, you know, competes and it's just really exciting. There's just so much change. So how often do you give those boys that work? What's that? How often do you give the boys that work? Oh boy. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Tell them you don't want that smoke with coach Shannon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, they're really fun. And, 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 you know, they're, they're a little bit different. You know, the girls are, uh, you know, well, they're used to me as well. I, I do, I do coach the girls' teams at this point. Doesn't mean I won't ever coach the boys, but um, I like to mix it up. It's, it's a little different. What are some of the things that you try to focus working with them on, especially that age group? You know, I, I am a big fan of. I mean, we're still driving home some technique, and as they transition to the big field, you know, a lot about uh, tempo. You know, different ways to speed up the game whether it's less touches, personal speed, pacing your pass, eyes up to chip a keeper. I mean, I get to start to peel back those layers and each team's a little different, right? Players are different. That's your craft as a coach to peel back the layers for each player and, and as a team move them forward. But I'm a big fan of, I'm not afraid to introduce the concepts of, of, of simple tactics, you know, and Hey, we're, we're going to do this, technical piece of our you know training but we're going to do it and this is where you would do it on the field which third are we in you know we have to talk about these things of risk and when to go for it and the imagination and bravery 
it matters where you are in the field. So a lot of things that I try to pay attention to is where are we learning this and why, you know, and now they're thinking, wow, I, I really do. I need to have a tight touch here. Yeah. You know, you know, if not, this happens. So a lot of, if this, then that. Um, and then I think they're thinking, you know, it's not a mindless passing pattern. It has purpose. Uh, I think there's a place for different stuff though. You know, um, depends on your team. Yeah, no, for sure. Sorry. Sean is sending me text messages of you playing against us women's national team players. Oh, right now. Yeah. And there's a picture with you next to Abby Wambach. Where- yeah, I know. what i'm doing to because people are listening so they can't obviously see it um but i'm captioning what i would envision you saying in these pictures (laughs) and so this one as i just dropped my phone uh it's obviously wambach on the ground and you're just looking at her and it looks like you're in my eyes you're looking at her saying i told you you don't want to smoke abby you know what i told you (laughs) i respect abby as a player i when we played that game, that was in Arizona, that was in Phoenix, you know, they were on their home tour um, for their, you know, winning a championship sometime. I forget what year that was. But when I was playing, I mean, I, I am of, you know, five two five three, and Abby is not, right? And <laughs> when I was making that transition, like, man, I'm not going to play for the national team. It's because it was, it, you know, people were looking at Abby and I couldn't identify identified with Tiffany Milbrit and Christine Lilly and Mia Hamm. And, you know, I loved Michelle Akers, but I certainly didn't look like her, you know, besides my, you know, curly hair. I mean, <laughs> love the way she played. And, and so with Abby, like, it's funny because in that moment, it was like a chance where, um, you know, you get to compete, you know, and she went to shoot at the top of the 18. I got myself between her and the ball. I, she kicked through me. All right. Ah, here it comes out. Listening, it wasn't dirty. I was trying to make a play, um, but it was so innocent. But that picture, oh my god, that picture has put that has been everywhere, and it's kind of funny because um, it was so just a part of the game. It was not vicious. It wasn't anything. But she had just come back from a broken leg in her own defense as well. You know, um, I get that, but uh, I know that's a very popular picture. There are others out there that. Sorry, Sean's been sending me pictures of you with U.S. national team players, like competing against them. So I'm like, I'm like trying to ask you questions and simultaneously, like, got the captions that. Sean's- you know, so I, my favorite player is Lauren Cheney. Um, Lauren and I are both 1987. We played on the same regional team, and I love talking about Lauren because, first of all, she's an amazing woman. She's a woman of faith. She's a, a heck of a player. Um, she's a great mom now. Uh, you know, she's had her own trials and tribulations and like, what a role model from Indiana, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I use Lauren as an example of some of my players because there was a, there was a time when I got bumped from the regional team. Um, I was, you know, a center mid. So was Lauren. I got bumped from the top 18. I was really upset. And I asked uh, the coach at the time was Rob Cloudy. Uh, He was at Purdue at that time. And he said, you know, I just need a little bit more. We're missing an aerial game. You know, we just got to leave, leave time for you to grow. You know, all this, you know, physically, you know, and, and with the game. And I said, well, you know, and he, I looked at who was on the team and who, and I looked at Lauren and, you know, at the time it's like, come on, I can, I can play with her, which I'd still, you know, feel I can. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, well, she starts and scores goals for the U.S. team in the World Cup. So, yeah, I think Rob was right, you know, like, <laughs> 
sometimes coaches get get it right, you know, and that's sometimes so hard to see when it's close to your face. But, you know, Lauren, I loved I loved watching her play, and maybe that's just knowing her on just a, a little bit more personal level when we were young. But it's so cool to watch, you know, players like that who I just think are good people and competing at the top of their game. And, you know, so um, – what about the period where you're pushing off Carly Lloyd? Where are you telling her right there? You're right in between her and Abby Wambach. You're giving her <laughs> giving her the hands as you're breaking through uh, dribbling. What was going through your mind at that time? I don't know. You're just – you know, once the whistle blows, like, it's just a game. Like, you're, you're just – I know that sounds lame, but I, I got I got totally stoked to play. I You know, I actually – and this maybe leads to a different, you know, question, but I uh, I have compartment syndrome in both legs. I had surgery in college and I wasn't really supposed to play in that game. Uh, my Irish coaches kind of threw me a bone and let me play in the second half of both those, uh, those two games we scheduled against the U S cause I think they understood it was a big deal for me. Uh, you know, playing at home, my family could see, you know, watch and all that. So, you know, credit to them for recognizing the situation, but um, I was not even, you know, I wish I was fitter. I wish I was, you know, a little more spry for those games, but that that was in my off season. We were dead. We were coming off, you know, a full year in Europe and playing two games on, on motion. <laughs> um, and what an amazing experience. So, I mean, they are, they're world-class players. They are world-class players. Um, respect, you know, Becky Sauerbrunn on that game. Um, of course, Abby, Alex Morgan, Tobin Heath. I mean, those are phenomenal players that you get to. Heather O'Reilly, probably one of those pictures. Um, great, great women in the game and ambassadors for the game. It was really cool to compete against them. That's all you want as an athlete, as a competitor. You know, you're kind of a junkie that way. Let me go play the best, which is what took me to Ireland, which is what took me to Norway. If I can't do it here, I got to go do it at the highest level I can somewhere else. So. The only picture is that that I am seeing on this first page is you just absolutely giving out work to anybody in red and white stripes. So you know what though? I mean, those pictures. I mean, that split second, I I looks great, you know. But right? <laughs> well, we nobody, nobody has to know that you just come off surgery. Nobody has to know that you're in your off season. If they search this and see that, yeah, like I'm telling you, if you, tell the story, if you didn't tell this story for the next like however many months, Nick would go back to that text message between he and I and be like, "Dude, she's legit." Yeah, that was cool. No, you're not legit, but just like, oh my gosh, like she handed out work to Abby and Carly. You got to get stuck in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Play big. Um, we 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 got that. We this is where this show. This is why we're the non-professional professional show. We just go off on tangents. It's great. We're, we're yeah. the most unprofessional soccer podcast that there is. <laughs> While being professional, but like finishing up on some of the coaching stuff, what's kind of your goals with North shore with the groups that you have over the next few years? You know what? I think, I think maybe it's um, expanding our club a little bit. You know, I think we have an amazing quality control. We, we've got a little over a thousand players in the club. Um, you know, a slew of state champions, uh, both on the boys and girls side, uh, players being recognized, uh, you know, a few here and there for the national youth national team stuff. Um, you know, any player who wants to go play in college, we, we help them realize that dream. That's cool. Um, some now looking to go play abroad after they're done. So like we're, I feel like 
full service realistic can help you. I mean, Joe has put an amazing staff together. It's really exciting to come to work every day and collaborate. And um, I think, you know, there's no, I don't, I don't really believe there's a way to accelerate development. I, I think kids are on their path. They either do the extra stuff at home and, and watch the games and come to training with an open mind and grow or, or they don't. And what you do as a coach to affect that is, is definitely important, but um, I do think you can widen your base. You know, you can get get more players involved in the game, keep them involved in the game. And I think that's what we're looking to do in that sense. You know, I hope it happens quite naturally with a little shove uh, in the back door as well. Um, but it's just, you know, a little more success earlier to prepare these players. I, my, my role did not exist uh, in this club. I didn't replace anybody. Um, it was just the right time you know, Joe thought I was the right person to come in and give a different perspective and a little more TLC to those kids. You know, they come out of our academy into U11. That's a change. Uh, they go small-sided to 11 to 11. That's a change. As they leave me, they're they're headed to high school. So, you know, it's a really special time in a player's career. So I, I just think it's, you know, more and more players are drawn to our club because we pay attention, um, you know. So let's get into the reason why we're here. You are involved with the Wisconsin Women's Soccer Advisory Council. Uh, how did you get involved with that and hear about it? So, uh, yeah, you know, one of my mentors, uh, she coached me in high school. Uh, she, she coached in the same club community. And she called me up one night and said, man, have you seen the Wisconsin Soccer Hall of Fame list uh, for this past year, 2018? And I said, well, no, maybe in passing, you know, what are we getting at? She was like, there is not one woman on that list. And, you know, Jess was kind of paying, paying me a compliment. Um, Jess Taylor, she she was like, you know, you, you could be on that list. And so we kind of, you know, had this discussion about why not and, and what's the process and what's the integrity of this, you know, and uh, we started asking questions. And so called Melissa Zelensky at the state office and we had a conversation about it and I, you know, ended up interacting and having a conversation with the the head, the chairman of the hall of fame. And we had a very frank conversation and, and, you know, what credit to him for owning a piece of it. I mean, it took a second and I tease Mark about that a little bit, but you know, it, it is hard to, you know, to talk about yourself. I, I think I'm a little bit more open about it now than I was previously, but you know, he needed to hear who I was. He didn't know. And, and I'm right here. You know, I'm actively involved. I do top soccer, competitive youth soccer, teach coaching education courses. I'm a woman with, you know, an A license right here in your own community. You got to be at, you got to look, because if we don't promote women, if we don't celebrate them, uh, you know, you are what you see. So it's a missed opportunity. Um, so that's really what got the ball rolling and, and to you know, kind of tinker with and improve this setup for the Hall of Fame. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We wanted more. And so to me, you know, going away and experiencing different cultures uh, to work and play within three different federations and how they handle these types of things or lack thereof, um, at the base of it all, you need to have open mindset, opportunities to collaborate, uh, to educate yourself, um, you got to evolve as the game evolves. So I think we grew, grew a little bit stagnant in the, maybe in the Midwest, but certainly in uh, Wisconsin. So we kind of created a definitely driven for, for girls and, and for women. Um, but that's kind of how it started. So. 
And coming up this Saturday, uh, another reason why we have Shannon on is this Saturday, the uh, Advisory Council is hosting their Women in Soccer Symposium. So uh, for those who are signed up for the first time going or uh, or still kind of on the uh, on the I, the teeter-totter, that's not it, are still on the uh, – I almost said horse too. The fence. Uh, yeah, that thing. Uh, still on the fence. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, that are still on the fence about the whole thing. What is a reason? I, I know, like on our show, we stated for the for the cost of convention, what you're getting is is you guys are undervaluing this thing, uh, yeah. because like all the the great speakers that you're having, the great section sections sessions lectures and sessions that you're having, like what a deal. What a deal. So what are like, you know, just kind of plug some of the uh, the lectures and seminars that's going to be going on during that. Yeah. You know what? It's really exciting. We, we wanted to hit, you know, I think all facets that happen with the game. I, I think, you know, one of the things that's been so important to me in my career is the sports psychology piece. You know, what's going on between the years uh, of our players, uh, the sports science piece, you know, the difference between uh, boys and girls, um, nutrition differences that females need. Um, We've got awesome, awesome panel between Dr. Earring from uh, University of Madison. She started their sports psych program for student athletes, which is so cool. She's phenomenal. Um, Children's Hospital of, of Wisconsin is helping us with the sports panel, um, sports science panel. And and so is Annie Weiss, who's a friend of mine from high school. She's breaking records and, and running ultra races and uh, overall just a sports fan and, and really charismatic. She'll do some really cool stuff for us on Saturday. Um, certainly what's fun is Don Crow, you know, definitely one of my favorite people who I met a few years ago and we've really uh, continued to grow close. She and Steph Golan from University of Minnesota are coming in and it's cool because Steph is there in that hub of the Tucker Center for women in Minnesota and they're doing some really cool research and just awareness and education uh, about coaches and and girls in sport. Uh, so that's really fun to have someone, you know, come in and partner with Don and, and they're good friends. So I'm sure that will be both entertaining and informational. Um, and, and it was important for us to do a professional panel. I think that there's like this power of storytelling, kind of like why you do your show. You know, you get to know people, you get to network um, people share experiences. That's what it's about. So we've got a professional panel full of, uh, Wisconsin women who are, you know, athletic directors, part-time coaches, full-time coaches, directors, uh, Margaret Domka, retired FIFA referee right here from Wisconsin. Um, so they'll each speak a little bit about their journey. Uh, and of course, uh, Anson Doran's coming in and being our keynote speaker is, is big time. And I think made, you know, people really look twice at what we were doing because for his feedback to think this was awesome, incredible, and, you know, good on us for being proactive and doing it. Um, he's, he's flying in and he's going to enjoy the day with us. So we're really excited. What, like, and you kind of talked about a little bit, maybe like, like explain a little bit more. How did you guys get together? Like, I, I'm curious about like the, like, cause you kind of talked about like the need for this, which yeah. there is. But like, how did all of you guys get connected and form this organization? I, I don't even know if you call it an organization. Council. But- I mean, it is. I mean, it's a council, but it's in essence, I mean, that's kind of what she's, what we are. I, honestly, it was looking around and finding incredible, incredible women, um, 
we added two male uh, board members because you certainly want to be open-minded and get perspective and, and be diverse. That was a goal of ours. But I mean, digging in from people from different backgrounds and perspectives to bring, you know, a worthwhile opinion. That's, you know, the worst thing is to be in a room with all the same type of people. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, so we all come from a little bit uh, of a different place. Um, Alicia Pelton, she created the Athletes uh, Athletic Leadership Alliance. Um, unbelievable with driving women in the game in all sports. Uh, just an unbelievable woman who's been an awesome mentor and friend of mine now this past year. Um, she really sits on this gender equity specialist type of pedestal. Uh, she's researched it. She's dedicated her life to it. And she's so calm. Like she'll throw out stats and you won't, you're like, no, that's not real. And it is, it's so crazy. And she'll say it is, and she'll tell these stories. And I think that's where she makes you so comfortable about it, but she'll be honest. Like she'll look at you and be like, no, Sean, Nick, this is really what's going on. And, and then suddenly she's doing this Jedi thing with you and, and you leave a whole different person. <laughs> um, so that happens to me all the time. Jeez. I mean, she's so, she's just an amazing person and, and very good. She and I met, she called me, as part of her interview for research for like her master's or something a couple of years ago. And I remembered her and, and I was, you know, all riled up about this. And I kind of called her to be like, can you shed some light on this for me? I, I am like questioning my path, <laughs> you know, as, as a woman in the game and like what's going on. And, you know, cause I think what happens with a lot of women now is, man, did I get that? Cause I'm a woman or did I get that? Cause I'm good, you know? And sometimes it's a little bit of both. Um, but that's kind of what's, I mean, it certainly has happened to me. Um, but uh, it's interesting. These are things we'll discuss, you know, the difference in leading boys and girls and young men and women, um, you know, working with colleagues who are different than you, but that's what it's about. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's things, simple things about this weekend where listen, men coach both boys and girls, women often just coach girls. Well, I hope the men come this weekend, which is important, and they are, because by default, if if they're learning and how to be better for their girls, they should be reflecting and doing the same for their boys. Our whole Wisconsin culture should improve um, if we keep at this. Um, but it is certainly, you know, figuring out how to keep women in leadership positions, how to bring that different perspective to a table where decisions are being made. Um it's certainly different, you know, but well, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned about guys going to the symposium. Cause my yeah. wife, like all week has been like, why in the hell did they have you uh, go to a women's symposium? And I was like, well, it's not, it's not just like, yeah. it's not just for women. It's right. for it's about all coaches. Sports. Yeah. It's about women's sports and like coaching. A lot of men. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I had to explain that. And she was just like, Oh, she's like, cause the whole time you've been talking about this, I'm like, yeah. why in the hell would they have you and Nick show up for that? Well, you know, what, um, this is the thing, and this is what ama- this is what's amazing, and what Alicia, you know, before we announce this and roll this out, she said, "Here's what's going to happen. Here's what will happen." You know, and she talked about how women will react, and she she talked about what how men would react, and she said, "It'll be it'll be funny. Just let it happen." You know, and it is it is like that. You know, it's it's this. You know, women get excited, but they need to vent uh, a lot of them, and okay, and we we held listening sessions. You know, we really got to the bare bones and tried to pull out keywords and, and what do you want? What will help, you know? Um, and, and so we really paid attention to, to our mission and what we would, you know, how we would form that mission. 
and men would get uncomfortable and don't forget to keep us part of the conversation. Well, okay, then show up, you know, and then, well, you marketed it for women. Well, just because women's in the title doesn't mean you can't just because, you know, <laughs> there was nothing in here and in no place in marketing did we say female only. So it's just, it's like an automatic reaction. It's, it's quite interesting. And Alicia said it would be something we would have to say. You're going to have to repeat all the time. This is for men and women because they won't come. And we, we actually do. We have a ton of women. Like last time I checked, uh, two thirds were women showing up, which is unbelievable. We have over, over 200 people come in. Um, and I've always been one of, you know, two women in a room at a soccer event. So, you know, the line to the bathroom is short, not this weekend. Um, you know, like guest speakers are all, you know, men and women. Great. Um, there's administrators, refs, coaches, some young players that are coming who are interested in making it a part of their career. It is an extremely diverse group, which was our goal. So we've, we've already achieved a lot and the weekend hasn't even begun. So it is exciting, but um, I'm interested to, to reflect and see, you know, what we'll tinker with to do it again next year. I know my assistant is super pumped. Um, yeah. And we talk about, cause we talk about a lot. Um, Katie, she's, we've actually had her on the show before and she's, one of my good friends and stuff, but like kind of like what you talked about earlier, she's never had a female coach in her entire life. And so like, and now she's working for me and I'm obviously not female. So it's like, it, I'm so excited to get like to have her be able to go up and do, like you said, there's going to be 150 female coaches that want to do what she's doing and she wants to do what they're doing. And she's never had that before, which is going to be really awesome. Well, you know, I, again, I've been really lucky. I I have had both men and women and, and still I have amazing men in my life. I, first of all, I've got two older brothers who God bless them. They let me play when I was young. I've always thanked them for that. Um, You know, they let, they let me play. They let me do that stuff in the backyard. My dad treated us the same. And, And so, you know, I've had amazing male coaches in my life, but I've also had several women. And so it's really cool to have the blend and, and truthfully until recently, I've only really been paying attention to, uh, you know, the, maybe not, not necessarily, maybe a blend of all this, you know, responsibility, uh, and, and not pressure, but a little bit, you know, you gotta be good. You know, I, I feel that a little bit. And so, um, it's quite interesting to get together with other, uh, women who are your role models and it's just a different ad- identification piece it's not that, you know, Nick couldn't, you know, you can't, you know, give Katie what she, what she needs and certainly a huge support, but it is always a little different when you can identify. It's just a direct identification thing. It's, it's quite natural. It's quite human. So, um, you know, when I was a kid and I played at my club growing up, I was uh, maybe 12 at the time, 11 or 12. And uh, Lisa Kristowski, she played in the WSA, uh, looked to go abroad, uh, Geez, I mean, played against some amazing uh, players of that generation, like me, Ham, um, and Carla Overbeck, and, and those women of that generation. And she came to training one day and said, hey, I, I'm not going to be your coach anymore. I'll miss you guys, whatever. And I'm, like, horrified. She was my first female coach. I watched her play in college. Now she's leaving me. I didn't understand. I was so enjoying it. It was just a little different. And uh, she said she was going to play. And I'll never forget that because it, it, it planted a seed. It's like one of those childhood memories that's so clear and everything, you know, the five minutes after that, you have no idea what happened, but 
I, it's like I was okay with it. And I'll never forget it. When I, when I retired, I, I wrote her a message. I connected with her, found her online, connected with her and said, you know, you were the beginning of the end for me because I wouldn't have done this if I didn't know I could. I watched you do it. You said you would do it. You did it. It was special to me. So I think that's, you know, you can look at Messi and say Messi does it, but I can't do what Messi does. You know, that's for him um, and boys to look after. So the more females we have walking the walk, talking the talk, showing that there's a place for us in sport um, and in leadership positions specifically, it's amazing, you know, and to have a support like you guys who, who clearly are passionate about the game and um, love it. And, and, you know, that's, that's fantastic. What do you like when you're going through all this, like, what are you most excited about for this weekend? Um, I, you know what, I'm, I'm excited that just the weekend exists. This is something, this is not even a year old. So a bunch of us women got together, uh, formed this group, you know, hey, you know, continue to add people in, look for diversity. And in less than a year, we've got a 200 plus person event in this awesome facility with amazing speakers, with a former World Cup coach as our keynote. And nobody hesitated. You know, we had to tell people, you know, we just don't have the time. It's a one day thing. If we had a weekend, you'd be there. I mean, to get to the point where more people are asking, what can I do? How can I be a part of it? Um, than not is really cool. So I, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to enjoying it. We've kind of, I am moderating one of the sessions, but outside of that, uh, I'm just looking forward to enjoying it and socializing with people and connecting and taking a step forward for women in Wisconsin and our soccer culture in general in Wisconsin. It's really special. Who is somebody that's uh, who's somebody that's going to be there that you've seen register or maybe a speaker uh, that you're really interested in getting to meet? Oh, that is a great. And why is it Nick Rizzo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys in person. Um, actually, I mean, really, I, there's there's a lot of you know it's interesting. There's a lot of people that I know who are coming that I haven't seen in a while. That'll be fun. Um, there there are people who are are coming that I haven't, I haven't even met yet that I'm excited to meet, um, you know, and geez, I don't know if I could pick one person off the list. I mean, I've been in the same room as Anson, but that'll be cool to meet him and say thank you and shake his hand to be a part of it. He's just been. So- now, do we have security because Nick's going to be in the same room as Anson Dorrance. And I, I don't know if you've listened to the show a lot about yeah. Nick and his thoughts about, or what he has said, if he was ever around Anson at the same time. So I just want to make sure like we've got security there just well, in case. Definitely. Well, get him, we got to bring him over to your booth. I mean, he's going to be there soaking in the day as well. I, I mean, his like, you know, so I'm told at least his initial reaction was like, great. When does it start? I'm coming in the night before and he's got a, a fly away the same night, but he's, you know, he was like all in, I got to be there for the whole thing. Make sure I'm there for, you know, everything he's going to be in you know, amongst us, just like another soccer guy. So it's cool when you have those like soccer giants in a room and um, it's exciting to hear his take because Anson has evolved. You know, I've, I've read some of his stuff. I've uh, obviously watched, you know, his teams play. Um, and I, I saw him at the What Drives Winning Conference in Chicago this past year. And he, he's, you know, he's one of the first to admit, you know, you, you have to evolve. Man, what I said 10 years ago wasn't necessarily the same thing I'll say now. And for him to reflect on that and to be human and, you know, admit some failures and share ideas. I mean, that's all you want. You want to look inside of, you know, what works, what makes you whole. Uh, He'll be the first one 
to talk about achievement and how it's fleeting. Um, and, you know, the next tomorrow comes, you know, I always say to my players, tomorrow comes no matter what, you know. So if you're nervous, well, in 90 minutes, it's over. Like time keeps ticking here. So I, I think he talks a lot about that with his, with all, I think there's a, you know, an underlying theme with that, with everything he does. And I really respect that, you know, as someone who grew up, went away, played, came back, had to earn it again. I mean, you're always earning something. So I think he has a really unique perspective having been in the game for so long. Um, what um for someone who's who's listening to this and they're like hey i'm gonna be in milwaukee area or like yeah i I can get there um where can they go to to get more information where can they sign up at you know just everything that somebody would need to know for the weekend yeah you can check out our our schedule um our sponsors everybody who's going to be there at wiwomeninsoccer.com um there's symposium information everything that we're about uh ways to get linkedin ways to post jobs events that you want, um, you know, marketed. We're all about promoting each other uh, in our good groups uh, in the community. Um, you could show up on the day. Um, we definitely have prepared, <laughs> you know, specifically for people with some uh, cool swag bags. And uh, But we can, we can still take more on the day, that's for sure. Uh, we'll make room for anybody. But uh, what's you know, definitely important is to pop on. We're on Facebook, WI Women in Soccer, uh, on Twitter, WI Women in Soccer, constant thing here. So uh, definitely hop on. We got more to come. You know, after this Saturday, we've got future events. We're doing a female-only course uh, in March. We're having a players event uh, to help them through the jungle that is college recruiting in February. So we got some stuff that will continue to come throughout the year and lead into our second annual symposium next year. And that's uh, this Saturday. It's December 8th at the Downtown Kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's $75 for a person. That includes your annual membership to the WWSAC. That sounds, that's the first time I've said it that way. And I really like saying that the WWSAC. Um, that, <laughs> registration begins at nine and goes till nine thirty. Uh, as you've seen on Twitter, Nick and I will be there. Uh, we will be greeting you as you come in for re- registering. Uh, if you see the short, uh, dark, uh, bearded guy coming up to say, Hey, how you doing? What are you excited about? Don't be afraid to not call the cops. That is just me. Um, and we're, we're there to, to help you guys and help set up. We want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of this, uh, this great event. I know we keep saying amazing, great, any type of, uh, adjective, I think is a phrase. I, my wife's asleep now. Um, whatever, <laughs> like it truly is that like, we're not just saying that to hype it up. We're not just saying that, uh, to, to make uh, the event sound better. What is like, this really is a crazy, awesome event. And we're just honored to be a part of it. And even the smallest way uh, to be a part of it with you guys. And we want to thank you for, for allowing us to come up there with you. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're excited. We're excited to see you there. And then next year we're doing a live show with Shannon there. Oh boy. Let's do it. <laughs> yes yes that's confirmation right there uh shannon soccer chat is all about networking it's all about coaches getting together if there's a coach who's listening to this maybe it's a fema who wants to know more about uh, what you're doing maybe they can do the same thing in their city or in their state uh or there's a coach who just wants to ask you questions about things you're doing with your team how can people connect with you and, and get in contact with you 
Yeah, you know what? You can uh, you can definitely find me on that wiwomeninsoccer.com. I'm right there in that contact page. You'll get a direct link to me. Um, definitely, you know, post on our Facebook page at Wisconsin uh, Women's Soccer Group. Uh, my personal email, putting it out there, scsmyth02 at gmail.com. Always happy to uh, help a fellow soccer mate. All right, Shan, thank you so much for coming on. Like we said, this Saturday, December 8th, it is the Wisconsin Women's in Soccer Advisory Council uh, Annual Symposium. It's going on this weekend, December 8th, at the Downtown Kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Registration starts at 9 o'clock. You can go on their website, like you said. Do it now, or if you're lucky enough, you can show up, uh, and, and they'll get you accommodated. So go down there, check it out. Make sure to come say hello to everybody and mingle and learn and get involved. And, and it's just such a great event. We're so happy to be a part of it. Shannon, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so I feel like we get pretty lucky with things sometimes because we'll get guests through guests that just turn out to be just ridiculously good, like just ridiculously good. And Shannon was one where, I mean, you and me text during the show all the time. We're like, we're, we're like, we're giddy. We're excited to talk about it. Like it, it like, I don't know about you, but like, that's how I felt the entire time was like, I was like almost giddy. Like what the next answer was going to be. Yeah. And she, she, for not doing many podcasts or, or doing one at all, like she did really, really well. And it was cool to where, you know, as you get into the conversation, like I, I mentioned, I like to kind of go into things with the element of surprise. Like I want to know about, I want to learn about the person from them. Like I don't want to go online and, and research and do the, the good things that you do. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to learn naturally. And as we're talking and to go on and like to see the pictures and to read articles, I was just like, Oh my God, this is like Shannon's a ball. Like she legit is a baller. Uh, and, and to get that, uh, that knowledge from her was just, was crazy good. She is without question in the soccer chat. I love it. Like if, we're oh, drafting, yeah. if, if we're drafting this, like you're going to have to fight me like to, to get that number one pick. Well, I think we need to do a show. We'll, uh, We'll, we'll do a draft. We'll flip a coin. We'll flip a coin. Maybe it's something that we can do this weekend uh, while while we're in Milwaukee. We'll flip a coin. We'll put the list up, and we will draft for a special show. Uh, we'll do the soccer chat, uh, Team Nick and Team Sean. I think we're going to piss so many people off. Like, I do not want Patrick McGinnis, like, coming trying to hunt me down after I didn't draft him. Well, that's <laughs> what you get. And that, see, and that's the part. Like, you would have to take him. Because you know that he would come after you, and no, and, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I care too much about my success. <laughs> Pat's out. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough about Pat. Enough about Pat. But you know, Shannon was awesome. Uh, we're excited about being a part of the uh, the symposium this weekend or today. If you're listening to it on your way there, uh, it's, it's going to be a very, very good time. And like I said, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be the security because Nick being in the same room as Anson Dorrance could get kind of crazy. No, for sure. But like going back to some of the things that she was talking about, I actually had a good talk with Dawn this past weekend where I, the things that they're doing, I think are, and you do as well, are so important because what she talked about in the interview in terms of 
the visual seeing your idols doing things that you want to do is important. Like I, I teach a class, a leadership class, and I, I love following women's basketball, but I'm a big UConn fan because I relate really well to Gino Riemma because he's an Italian guy. He's a guy coaching women's sports. And so there's a lot of things where I relate to him. And so one of the girls in our class did a project on Muffin McGraw, who's the Notre Dame coach. And it was cool because we were talking back and forth and we ended up having a discussion about why Muffet is more of an idol to her and why Gino is more of an idol to me. And I think a lot of it comes back to being able to see yourself in the people that are the, doing the things that you want to do. And I think that what they're doing this weekend, I mean, this, the group that they have coming to show this, I mean, between Steph Golan and Dawn and all the other ones that are going to be presenting and talking and interacting with all these young coaches, whether they're young, old, regardless, it's, it's amazing. It's just an unbelievable opportunity. And should, should, should we do it now? Speaking of unbelievable opportunities? We, I mean, we might as well. People have waited this, this hour and 20 minutes to hear it. Okay. So uh, we're not even going to use a drum roll. So the big announcement, you've made it this far in a soccer chat. We talked about, uh, you know, this, this symposium going on in Wisconsin. We're going to be there. And if you thought that that was the big, annou- the big announcements, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. Because it, it, I'm going to do this. I'm hopefully doing this without breaking down. But people listen, people listen. And I think that you all have done such a great job of participating in our show, participating in the Twitter chats on Wednesday nights that the, the, the tweet exactly said what it was. It's happening. That's right. January 9th through 13th at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago, Illinois. Soccer Chat will be live, broadcasting live from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago, January 9th through 13th. We're actually going to be there on Podcast Row. Uh, It's going to be right in front of the exhibit hall. So to get into the exhibit hall, you have to pass Podcast Row. I don't know which booth of Podcast Row we're going to be in, but you're going to be able to hear us. You're going to be able to see us. Uh, We are linking up with Exact Sports. Uh, who's going to be there to have some free swag to give away to you guys. We're going to have some drawings for some other prizes as well. Uh, but we're going to be releasing uh, shows that we already have some guests lined up uh, that are going to come on with us, that we we have scheduled time. So we want you guys to come to the show and interact, talk to the coaches, listen to the stories. And we're going to uh, announce those as the as the days goes on. Uh, we'll probably drop a couple of those uh, on Thursday if you're listening to this today. Uh, but we we are we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. And it, it's you all, you know, you you voiced yourself, you retweeted, you shared, you you talked about soccer chat, you use the hashtag, and because of you guys, like it's like it's happening. It is happening. No, I mean, it, it's funny, like when we started this, whatever it was a year and a half ago at this point, I never thought that like anyone would actually like, want to listen to us, you know? And it's, it's, it's <laughs> I don't know if anybody still wants to listen to us. I think they want to listen to the guest. That's why we need to keep getting a guest. Um, <laughs> but no, and that, and that's the coolest part about this is everything that we get to do is 100% because we have developed this network of coaches that, we support and they support us right back, which is 
exactly why we started this is to help everyone to increase their network, talk to other coaches, grow together. And like, that's been the coolest part about this whole experience that we've had. Yeah. Well, we're going to be at podcast row on Thursday. So that is the 10th of January. I can mention we're going to be there uh, from 10 to four on Thursday. And then we get a little bit of break. We're going to come back right before the exhibit hall opens from six uh, to eight or eight 30, I believe it is. Um, and we have shows lined up, like I said, uh, throughout the day, uh, on Friday, we'll be there from 10 to four. And then we have a special show that's not going to be at podcast row, but we do have a special show, uh, that we're going to go into the exhibit hall to, to record. And that's going to come out. We've linked up with, uh, with a group to do that. Um, the, the shows, uh, as we, release the uh release the guests that we're gonna have on there are gonna be a lot of empty time slots and you're thinking well wait man like why aren't people gonna be here during this that's where you come involved we want you if you're listening to show this show right now or if you've listened to any other shows of ours come past our booth say hello to nick and i let's chat let's talk sit down with us we're gonna have microphones we want to talk to everyone that we can we want you to come on the show tell us your story tell us about how you got into uh into soccer chat. Tell us about your experience at the convention. We have those open time slots because we want you, the listeners to come and get involved and interact with us. We want you guys on the show. We want coaches we've never met before. If you listen to the show and you've never tweeted Nick or I, you need to come and talk to us in Chicago, whether it's January 9th or January or January 10th or January 11th, you need to come talk to us, sit down. Let's talk soccer. Let's get you on the show. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I, I, and I, I can say like, you know, we've got the guests lined up and as I'm sending these guests to Nick and each time he's just like, oh man. And then I said next one, he's like, holy cow. And then I said next one, he's like, what in the world? And like, we're not done yet. We've got so many things that's going to be going on that we're trying to let you guys know that you guys are a big part of soccer chat and we're trying to create as many awesome opportunities for you guys as well. We're, we're working on a soccer chat meetup, meet and tweet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're, we're linking up with some more live shows as well. So it's going to be an awesome time. We can't wait. There's going to be swag. There are t-shirts. We're going to put the link up here in a couple of days. Uh, where you can order a t-shirt and you'll be able to pick it up from convention. We'll have some extras that you can buy at convention uh, from us. They're going to be awesome. They're going to have our new logo that you just see today uh, on the podcast and all over our, this is, this is kind of like we said, it's a new look, it's a new journey, uh, but unfortunately it's the same host. Uh, so we're going to have that, those t-shirts available. Like I said, we're partnering up with exact sports. Uh, we're thankful for them for, for, uh, for partnering up with us and, and providing some, some swag for you guys. But I'm excited. Like, you know, Nick, what, I don't know. Like, what was your thoughts when we got the, when we got the message? To be honest, like, I didn't believe it was happening. Uh, like you, you've been talking to me. I joked to you the other day through text messages that like, you've been talking about this for a long time. Like you've been like, I think it's been, you, I think you've been tweeting at United soccer coaches about doing this for like a year at this point. And, <laughs> and so I told you that I give you 100% credit for them even doing a, a podcast row because I think you just, you got to them. I think they're like, this is a great idea. I don't know why we didn't think of this. And so I don't know if that was my initial thought I was like, I can't believe that this is actually happening. We're going to the biggest convention of soccer coaches, I, I think in the world and we get to be a part of it. And we're not just there as spectators. We're there as people that are, are an actual part of it, which is, I, I still can't believe is happening. <laughs> and we, uh, hopefully if everything gets lined up, right. Uh, we're currently working on the, the, um, 
the hotel Sitch. And uh, is Sitch, is that do, like, do people even say that situation? Is that a thing anymore? Oh, no, we're, um, we're 90s kids. We're, yeah, we're going to go with it. Um, we are working on, we're going to, obviously, because Podcast Row is only open uh, for various times, uh, just on Thursday and Friday, uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to turn our, our hotel room into a recording studio. And we're going to, if we can't interview you at the uh, convention, we're going to bring in some guests and, and do some stuff from our hotel. Uh, but I'm excited. Just, you know, there's these over 13,000 people who, uh, attend convention, uh, annually. And I hope that this is something of, of a brand new beginning, a brand new partnership that continues on forever. Um, to my knowledge, I haven't attended convention in the last couple of years. So I feel like this is the first podcast row for them. Um, I, 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 I want to, I want soccer chat to be, and this is not a knock because we always talk, we love all the other soccer podcasts. We, you know, we're all a big family when it comes to, uh, the, the soccer, uh, coaching podcast. Uh, but you know, I want soccer chat to stand out because we are such a, a grassroots blue collar, everyday common man show. Uh, you know, we don't have massive, massive backing us. We have a great group, uh, in social media for the high school athletes who, who do provide us the space to, to put this out for you every single week. Uh, but you know, if it, if it wasn't for you, the soccer chat nation peeps, listeners, supporters, whatever you want to call yourselves, uh, this would not be happening. So we've done the, we've done the first part. We've, we've made our voice. You guys have made your voice heard. Now let's show out. Now let's show up and let's have a party every time all day long. As long as Nick and I are at the table, come hang out with us. I don't like, I'm going to be there all the time. Uh, I may go catch a couple of sessions, but for the most part, one of the two of us or both of us were, are always going to be there. Uh, the crew from exact is going to be there. We've got some awesome hidden uh, prize giveaways that you're, you're absolutely going to love. And there's even more events that's coming up and I can't wait. I can't tell you guys everything just yet, uh, but it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be excited. Uh, and I'm going to have a lot of sleepless nights until then trying to get all this stuff organized now. So, uh, man, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy to have it out there. Like it's finally out there. There's no more secrets and man, like what's even crazier to think about and I know that, you know, when I, I told you, you said you didn't believe me, um, but you saw that you saw the message. We, we both got it. I'll never forget. And this is so crazy to even think about because like the soccer podcast, when I told my wife what was going on and to see the like joy and happiness and like the pride in her and like hearing her like talk about it to people like at, at our school, like, man, like that's so crazy. And now, you know your mom's tweeting me about like, how come she doesn't know the secret? And then that makes my mom go, well, how come I don't know the secret? And Nick's mom doesn't know the secret. Uh, so now, uh, mama Rizzo and mama Soderling, uh, your boys, your boys did it. Your boys did it. And I think Nick has passed out. No, no. I, I thought that was a perfect time to end it. <laughs> All right. Hey, boys did it out. <laughs> yeah.
we could have just left it that way. But it would be uh, it would be bad of us if we didn't uh, we didn't give a shout out to the folks at high social media for the high school athletes. Without them, like we said, we wouldn't have the ability to put the show on for you guys. They're the ones who give us the server space to get the show out to you for free every single Thursday on whatever platform you are listening. Because this is a listener supported podcast. The best way you can support us is just like you guys do all the time, man. And like I'm not getting emotional. I promise myself I'm not doing it. Keep sharing those links out. Hit up the Apple podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. And we always told you that we'll give you shout-outs when that happens. And, Nick, I don't know if you've gotten on there because I know you don't have an Apple phone. But we did get some new uh, reviews and shout-outs that I would like to share with you if you don't mind real quick. I, before we I would love to because I do not have an Apple phone. Andrew. Uh, let's see here. Um, at England 0808, is that a Stevie G reference? Maybe? I, I don't know. Well, they said, love listening to these while I'm on the road. Entertaining and always a few good takeaways. Uh, let's see. We also have. Um, oh, I know who that is. She just follow me on Twitter. It's Aaron Edmonds. Shout out, Aaron. Appreciate it. Oh, what up, Aaron? Uh, let's see. Chasing Kate uh, says, great conversation. Really enjoyed this. Parentheses. You'd think my husband could get his wife's history correct. Hashtag H2P, which also means hail to pit. So that was uh, Coach Misner's wife. Yep. Uh, just giving him the business of, hey, you probably should know what I do. Um, let's see. We also got uh, Coach Jay Burke. Soccer Chat continues to be a great resource for coaches of any level. The background stories behind each coach are always fascinating. Uh, host Coach Rizzo and Coach Sutherland are always entertaining. Well, Coach Jay Burke, we thank you for that, man. Uh, that's respect. Good guy. Very good guy. For sure. We appreciate that. So if you want to get a shout out, go on the Apple podcast, leave a five-star rating and review that helps get our number up. That helps put soccer chat out there even more for more listeners to get involved. in. so how many, how many more listeners can we get before the convention? How many more can we get at convention? Help us out. Help us out. Everybody It's because of you. That's why we're doing this. So Nick, if somebody wants to get a hold of you on the Twitter, how can they do so? At Coach and Rizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Soderling. And you can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time by joining the hashtag Soccer Chat. And that's what this show is. Soccer Chat. The new look, new beginning, a new journey. And you know what the best part about all this? Is we get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick. We'll catch you later. See you later, brother. Well, I I didn't know you. I did you play with her, or is it is just because she's Norwegian? Yeah, I played against her. She played uh, for Cobalton and Staubach. And I mean, I, I played against Ada when she was like a teenager and was okay. unreal. She was she so scores, good. She scores some freaking worldies. Like, if we're being honest, I didn't know a ton about her before the yeah, okay. the final list came out or whatever it was like a month ago. And yeah. so I, I, I YouTubed everyone and – I remember being like, and then you find out she's 23 years old. You're like, what is going on? Like, how are you doing this? Like, Sean. She's a really savvy, she's really savvy. She can rope a ball. I mean, people talk about the way Carly Lloyd strikes a ball. 
when Ada gets a hold of the ball, that's just the same to well, me. She can score in a lot of different ways too. Yeah. Like she can like she can side foot it. She can lace it from distance. Like she can like she scores a lot of different type goals. But Sean, so anyway, long story short, did you see the announcement of the Ballon d'Or? Yeah. It was brutal. Well, I like, saw the guy come out and apologize and all that. You know, like this like and hopefully you guys don't mind me saying this. I was with I was with the the OG Don Crow. We were we were actually when it happened, we were on a flight delay coming back for two and a half hours. So me and Don Crow are just sitting at a bar in the airport and this happens. And God, you do not want to be near Don Crow when like something like that happens. Cause like, it was just like, I, I felt like I was going to have to like fend, fend people away from her. Be like, this is not like, don't let her, don't let her near right now. Cause it was bad. It was really bad. Airport I mean, security is like all freaking out. It, it made it made my Monday because I'm gearing up for the week for the symposium and you know you hope it's good and all I could think was you know every now and again it's like oh I hope this is the right thing to do you know these are big things I feel and then something like that happens on the world stage and I go oh, right yeah <laughs> this is why, this is why we're doing this. this yeah but you know what for what's kind of cool is she is 23 I'm 31 and to have the next generation look somebody and go no you know. In a different in a different day, maybe she, you know, does whatever to go with the flow. But you know, even even then, when he says no, it's about Sinatra and this and that, I'm like, there's no twirling, there's no twerking, there's neither, neither yeah. are going on here. You know, like, and she, I thought she handled herself with a lot of class. And for those who haven't watched her speech beforehand, gave an awesome speech. So yeah. like, like as negative as that last part was. If you yeah. get the chance and you haven't seen it, go watch her initial speech. It was really good. It was very, very good. Yeah, she and you know what? And she did it in French and, and English, and she speaks Marie. I mean, she's she's an educated young woman and and is making her career in soccer, and it's amazing. So I I wish her the best of luck. I definitely gave her a shout out on my old Facebook page, and I enjoyed competing with her. There's a lot of women, uh, you know, to, to be the first. I mean, it was just such a monumental moment for us uh in the women's game and it's just you know she did try and redirect the attention to the point you know and i thought her speech was amazing and she handled herself well her highlight reel is great go watch it um and i think the first norwegian to win that award i don't think there's been anyone from norway either men or women so um kind of cool just a lot of history going on so while while i do feel it's important that to recognize that was ridiculous on so many levels. Um, it is so cool uh, that she won that award and all the women who were nominated. Amazing stuff.